Hello, my name is Melanie Rayner, and I am one of the directors of women's ministry here at Christ Presbyterian Church. I'm here today to share briefly on this last lesson of our Imitating Jesus study. I hope this study has showed you so much about the heart of Jesus and inspired you to think about evangelism in a new way. When I was in seminary, I read the book Learning Evangelism from Jesus by Jerem Bars, who was my professor of the class that I was taking and read the book that this study is based on. And it made me fall in love with Jesus. I knew stories about Jesus, but I had never really spent time meditating on the heart of Jesus. I'm recording this video during Holy Week, right before Easter, and it feels like every single beat of Easter this year has been so much richer, so much deeper, and so much sweeter because of this study that we've done together. I want to keep it short and sweet today to give you lots of time in your groups to talk and reflect on the last 11 weeks. Today's passage is stunningly beautiful. It is a story that is hard for me to read without tears. Why? Because after 10 weeks of seeing how Jesus loved sinners, we see a sinner respond. Our hearts are tuned to her sacrifice, her response, because we have always been her. The trick to imitating Jesus is that while our study has been focused on how Jesus related to sinners and how we can also relate to those who don't believe, we're the object of Jesus's love and affection. We are all the sinners, the ones who don't believe. We're the Syrophoenician woman. We're Zacchaeus. We're Nicodemus and the rich young ruler. We are the prodigal son and the older brother. We are the poor and the crippled and the lime, lime, lame, the lame and blind invited to dine at the table. We are the woman at the well and so much more. In today's story, we read about the sinful woman and the righteous man, Simon. One really interesting thing to note is that this, a version of this story, this incident that happens, appears in all four Gospels, but they are not all the same encounter. And so this is something that I had to kind of untangle in my brain because I feel like there, there's the story where the woman anoints Jesus and it's right before he dies, but that isn't this story, actually. Um, there are three different encounters that are recorded in the four different Gospels. In the Luke 7 version of this story, which our content is based on today, a sinful woman, likely a prostitute, anoints Jesus' feet. In Matthew and Mark, a woman pours an alabaster flask of oil over Jesus' head. In John, Mary anoints Jesus' feet at the home of Lazarus after Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead, and then she is questioned about her actions by Judas Iscariot. So this is one of those little rabbit trails through scripture that you can take and see how each story reveals something to us about Jesus's character all through one incident that happens to him multiple times in his life. In Luke 7, which is where we are today, Luke names the woman a sinner, which is a descriptor not used in the other stories. And the contrast we see is between a sinful woman who dared to touch Jesus and the righteous Pharisee who was appalled. My husband and I love to go to Tennessee Titans games. We absolutely love cheering for the team. We both grew up watching. And the last few years, it's been really fun to be a Titans fan. There are always more Titans fans in the stadium than there used to be when they weren't as good, because now they're better. It's our turf, it's our house, it's our team. 
We actually got to go to one game this fall, which was very socially distanced and very different than most of our experiences. But because tickets were so limited, it was like 95% Titans fans, which isn't normally the ratio at any stadium for any game. But like three rows behind us, there was what had to be one of the most obnoxious opposing fans I have ever encountered. He went on and on, berating and yelling every time the other team did something well. Everyone around us was uncomfortable and frustrated. It had cost us a lot to be there, emotionally, financially, like we're in the middle of a pandemic. Finally, someone down the row from us stood up and told the guy to be quiet. This is our house. That is our team. We deserve to be here and you don't. Like Simon. This is the house of a Pharisee, a highly important religious figure. We are with Jesus, this famous rabbi. This is our house. We deserve this time with him. Not you, sinful woman, who's wasting all this money on, on an alabaster flask of oil, who's weeping and, and drying Jesus' feet with your hair. How dare you touch him? How dare you? This is our house. But Jesus' response, Simon, she deserves this. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven." for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. In this story, we are both Simon and the sinful woman. We need Jesus because even the woman's beautiful, costly sacrifice wasn't enough to save her. Jesus cared about her faith, not how much money she spent on him, not how sad she was, not how much love she showed him. Her faith is what saved her, her faith in Jesus. Simon's rule following couldn't save him. The way he protected Jesus, the way he tried to create a hospitable environment for Jesus, the way he knew everything there was to know about scripture like the Pharisees, still couldn't save him. Only faith in Jesus. As we apply this story to our understanding of evangelism, I want to draw attention to one of the quotations from Jerem Bars in this week's lesson. He writes, when I am on my knees before Jesus, I know my dependence on his mercy and the hopelessness of my position without his forgiveness. I begin to look with kindness and grace on others, however awful their sin, for I no longer think of myself as being better than they are. Rather, my own sins become very clear and truly heinous to me. So when I look at others, I see that we share the bond of a common plight and possess the same need for God's unmerited favor. This story compels us to do two things, to worship Jesus like the sinful woman and to treat everyone with the kindness and grace that Jesus gives to her and us. Sin equalizes us, whether you are a sinful woman at the feet of Jesus or you're Simon, sitting with Jesus, or you're you, or you're me, or you're any of these believers down through history, the ones that we've been studying the last 11 weeks together. 
one thing in common. We need Jesus. And I hope this study has been deeply meaningful for you as it has to me. And I hope that it has inspired you to think about new ways of imitating Jesus in your interactions with the people in your life. Before we close, I want to say a really special thank you to all of our group leaders who have given up so much of their time and energy and hospitality uh, to care for all of our groups. I want to say thank you to Suzanne Simmons, who works tirelessly and beautifully and sacrificially, and to Emily Etchison for filming and posting all of these lessons so that we can all watch them separately in our homes as we wait for social distancing to end. A huge team worked together to pull this off in the middle of a pandemic and a thousand other things that have happened in our lives, and I'm so proud to be a part of this team. Thank you for making the time to join us for imitating Jesus, and I'm just going to close us in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your son Jesus, not only for the atoning sacrifice that he made on the cross, but for all of these stories and the many more that we didn't discuss of how he loved and treated everyone he came into contact with. God, I pray that we have eyes to see opportunities that you place in our path to imitate Jesus, to show the same love and mercy and kindness toward everyone we meet that Jesus showed. God, I pray that you open doors for us to have conversations about who you are and how much you love us. And I pray that we all recognize the impact of sin in our lives and how we all come to you with nothing to offer you but faith. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would grow that faith in each of us. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to study your word together, to draw nearer to you and closer to each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much.